your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 145, uh, bringing to you yet again another Predicting the Future with Fan Speak. Um, what makes it fun is in how these differ is, look, as the weeks go on, uh, you know, more guys declare, uh, you start to get a, a read on, you know, Maybe guys who may be closer, you know, to actually hit the free agent market. This one, yeah, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm going to tell you right now, the way it's worked out, this one's going to be a lot different from the past two we've done. So it's going to be interesting that way. Uh, with me again here, uh, we had a little fun. Me and Stephen poking a little fun. Uh, prospective father to be, Mr. Jake Burns. Uh, Jake, you've been killing it, man. The work's been great. Uh, you know, the draft videos. You know, the two to three cut, two to three minute cutups. Some great stuff. How's everything going, buddy? Hey, man, it's great. It's great. Just uh, one day at a time, trying to map out how this child's going to work into our life, get all the content out I can before March comes, because after that, buddy, I am just waiting for the draft, because I'm going to have a child nonstop. <laughs> of course. And uh, our, you know, our good friend uh, you know, at uh, Brown's Mock Draft, you can find him there, obviously, Stephen Thomas. Uh, the word is that uh, you might, you know, your Corey Coleman, you know, two-month hiatus is about over. You're going to back, you know, back almost to the living with it, are you, Steve? Uh, yes, my medically mandated uh, no work, no travel orders expire at the end of this week. So I'm pretty excited about that. I can actually, you know, bend over and pick up my socks without squealing in pain. But I would just like to say to Jake, um, you, you said that just a little bit incorrect. It's not how the kid, the baby is going to fit into your life. It's yep. how you're going to fit into the baby's life. <laughs> just so you know, my friend, you're now number three in your house as soon as that kid comes around. <laughs> there's, pets that, there's pets there. He may be fourth, fifth, who knows. Yep, yeah, he may fall out of the top ten. This is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just the facilitator here. He may I'm be a day two guy. Yeah, I'm, so, I, I'm day three. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> small small college you, day three. Maybe a UDFA. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but like I said, guys, this one actually worked out a little bit differently here. Uh when a little, it, the way it worked out, uh, went after free agents that we liked. We did the free agency part beforehand, so that part's already established. We can talk about that, and then we'll get into the draft aspect of it. And hopefully the Fan Speak app works with us, as Stephen says, who's on it every day. Uh, you know, with all the declarations coming as fast as they are, you know, uh, you know, the little you know, hitchiness as Fan Speak's updating their site. So we'll pray and hope that everything works out here well. Maybe the guys over at Fan Speak took it like an hour and a half break for dinner or something like that. Uh <laughs> So I'm going to go to Stephen here to get us kicked off. Um, and Steve, I mean, it was weird. I mean, I guess we'll start, obviously, you know, the headliner of all of this. And it is one scenario to go. And it kind of felt, it's kind of funny that, you know, about a half hour ago, the news from Albert Breer, you know, kind of came out and some speculation. You know, obviously a kid, you know, from Illinois, played at Michigan State. You know, we played this scenario. But, you know, how did that first one work out, Steve? Well, uh, we went to uh, free agency, and uh, the the name at the top of the list, obviously the you know the supposed headliner of this entire class, regardless of position, would be as if Kirk Cousins hits the free market. And if you've anybody out there has used FanSpeak, you know sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes Redskins tag him, sometimes they resign him, whatever. This time he hit the market, and we had a discussion, and we said, you know what, the last two times uh, we passed on uh, big name free agents. Uh, at the quarterback position. Let's see what happens uh, if we go after him. And so we made him a uh, gargantuan dump truck full of money offer, uh, and uh, he took it. We uh, we ended up having to give him, to get him to come to Cleveland, and everybody out there knows we you're going to have to pay a premium. Uh, we gave him uh, $28 million a year, uh, and he accepted it. So uh, in this particular uh, scenario, Kirk Cousins has decided to become the next quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. 
Heck yeah, I'm all about it. Look, the thought here is is you have you know you have your interior offensive. I mean, you have your offensive line in place. You have your defensive line in place. You have a lot of youth on the roster. If you have a guy at 30 years old who's looking at this, and look, there's been some power play moves here in this front office. Obviously, Highsmith, uh, the news today of Wolf. I think it becomes more of a sellable product, even with Hugh here. And like I've mentioned, you almost have to make this, because you're going to keep Hugh here, you have to make it idiot-proof. I think they're making those steps in the front office. I think that's what they're doing. And even now, even if there's a you know, a rough patch, a rough beginning, you're ready to show Hugh the door now because now Dorsey can look at Jimmy Haslam and say, look, we've done everything. We've put everything in place. We made it idiot-proof. But the problem is the idiot. So you, know, <laughs> you, get, you get Kirk here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're going you're gonna to pray for Josh Gordon to continue on his path. You're going to pray for the health of Corey Coleman. But what's going on front office-wise? I mean, you've made this a sellable product, so it's going to be interesting in that, that respect. And if Kirk were to come here, I mean, you can't turn it down. I mean, you know what you have, 3,000, 4,000-yard seasons. So it's a hard thing to turn down. And it will be kind of funny that, you know, obviously it was the RG3 and Kirk Cousins Redskins. And now both of these guys found their ways to Cleveland. I think I think it's certainly interesting when you consider, you know, there's there's two sides to this whole Kirk Cousins thing. On one hand, you consider the Browns and the negative history that has come with the franchise since '99, and you know the state of quarterbacks of this franchise that, that comes along with that stigma since '99. And you think to yourself, and I've found myself thinking the same lines too. You know, what what quarterback would choose to come to Cleveland? But right. when, you, when you step back and when you analyze it, it's 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 not as bad a picture as you think. If you can get, and I've talked to a couple people on on, on the social media sports forum known as Twitter about <laughs> uh, about that, if you can get a commitment of health and, and a couple year commitment from Joe Thomas, you have a pretty good offensive line from 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 left to right. Sean Coleman leaves a little bit to be desired, but he's improving every day, and that's not a position that they can't still upgrade. But you have a really, really dynamic receiver in, in Josh Gordon. You have Corey Coleman, who can be a really good number two given the right situation and a, and a catchable ball rate that's anything in the respectable numbers. Um, and then you got the ability to draft some guys, and you got the ability to, to draft or sign some other skill position players. So there are certainly some worse situations to go to. I mean, if you look at the wide receiver situation in Jacksonville, if they lose the other guy, we're going to talk about Allen Robinson, and I know they haven't had him all year, but they're not loaded with options. What makes that that much better of an offense to go to? What makes Denver that much better an offense to go to? If you're just looking at a pure weapon standpoint around them, so it is far-fetched, but if we can do what we talked about here and, and back up the Brinks truck and, and present to him the plan and how this works for him long-term over a five-year period, it's not that crazy, guys. Yeah, I think um, you and I, I had a conversation with somebody, could have been two months ago, and I think it was you, Jake, although I could be wrong on that, where we discussed the possibility of, and I still think, like you said, it's, it's far-fetched at this point that he comes here, but one of the ways they could attack it would be like a simultaneous recruitment of him and you know one of the other top wide receivers. You can talk to them both at the same time and say, hey, look, we, we want both you guys, you know, so it's not as it's better than it looks right now, you know, so maybe you talk to Kirk Cousins, you talk to Allen Robinson at the same time or something like that. And that may not work. I mean, we have no idea, but it's one way that they could attack it. And then, like you said, weapons wise, 
all the guys you talked about, plus our tight ends, plus Duke Johnson, plus six picks in the top 65 that we could, you could get another running back, you could get another yeah. wide receiver. It's not, it's not as awful if you overlook two men in that front office, you know, at the very top and the head coach. That, like you said, Jeff, it's, you're idiot proofing it and he's done nothing to prove to anyone that that he can make this particular engine work. So if you can somehow show them the curtain behind those two, the product on the field, it's certainly not on the level of a Jacksonville or a Denver when you take into account their defenses, because Jacksonville's defense is championship caliber. And yeah, I no think chance. if the numbers work, that's a perfect marriage for him, you know, for Kirk Cousins. I, I Now their numbers, that's a whole different story. but. You could get him here. I mean, I get it's not impossible. I just find it very unlikely. And then you bring into the uh, the discussion, what do you do at one? Because as far as non-draftable quarterbacks, the, the discussion seems to be there's two guys that would be your starter next year, Kirk or the trade for Alex Smith route that everyone has been talking about for the past week. And no. they, both, they both have their pluses and their minuses. Now, Kirk in my head, would not come here without some sort of assurance from the front office that they're not also going to draft a superstar at one. You know, because he doesn't, why would he want to come to another headache like that where he's always looking over his shoulder and he's, he's yeah. constantly being critiqued? So, and I think that the front office would be just silly. That'd be the only guy in my mind as a, as a, as a nobody on Twitter who thinks about front office stuff too much like we do, that'd be the only guy that would stop me from taking a guy at the top of the draft because you're going to commit, like our contract here is five years and $28 million yearly. So you'd just be silly to, to not go all in with that. You, you know, I mean, you can, can, you can worry about it later, but for the immediate five-year window that you would look at to compete with this guy, it just would be silly to, to then take another quarterback with it. So... You know, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, that's fine because that's where I was going to head next. Now, I know that's the the logic, and it makes perfect sense. Obviously, it does. Personally, just me, since we have so many picks and can still do so much damage elsewhere or help elsewhere would probably be the better term, I would still go ahead and do it. Um, as bad as this franchise has been since the return, if you take out the uh, expansion year, this will be only the third time they've ever picked number one overall, which is just really hard to believe, which is the amount of losing. But last year, this year, and year 2000, you don't get this opportunity very often to have your choice, in, especially in a year when just whoever you like or dislike, there's three, four, and if you want to include Josh Allen, five guys that could turn out to be franchise quarterback. This opportunity does not come around that often. But that said, I do totally understand where you're coming from, and I get the logic. If, you, if you're going to give $30 million a year to, to a guy, I, he's got to be the guy. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. So, Jeff, you're anti-Alex uh, Smith? Uh, absolutely. Uh, first things first, you know, you're going to pay $20 million. And the difference between bringing in Kirk Cousins at 30 and Alex Smith at the age he's at is – Alex Smith, you're going to take the quarterback at one. So right. that's where Alex Smith – and look, I, who's to say Kansas City is not – you know, I, I think Kansas City, they need to move Alex Smith. They know they need to move Alex Smith. You know, Pete Smith went into great detail on this last night. They're over the cap. They have to find a way. Right. And he is the – obviously, when you have Mahomes ready to go, 
He's the guy you're going to move. But in the same respect, I do think they're going to look for a situation for Alex where he's not going to go put a baseball cap on. Let him go play a year or two. Heck, it could be Jacksonville. That could be a place Alex goes where you can bring the – where it's not going to be such a huge factor. And this is why I was a Deshaun Watson, a Houston guy. You put Alex Smith in Jacksonville, he plays eight home games in Florida. He plays two road games in a dome. He plays another road game in Tennessee where the weather, if it's early enough that road game – there's 11 games where weather, wind is not a factor for Alex Smith. The arm strength isn't of these, you know, upper elite quarterbacks, and he can still go down there and produce pretty well. So, but you bring in Kirk, no, I, I pretty much take quarterback off the one because it, for me, it's I paid this guy to do the job for four or five years. Why would I draft a guy at one now to wear a baseball hat? And you know, I got to sign him to a second contract, and he's maybe taking 150 snaps. Yeah, right. No, I, 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 go ahead, Steve. My bad, buddy. No, no, I was going to say that. And that's the difference. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Cousins at, you know, for five more years or, you know, uh, Alex Smith, who this year played? I mean, he was one of the top rated quarterbacks. So he's got, you know, you would think two more years left in him. And you're bringing him in to be a bridge for the one guy. It's all about which attack angle you prefer. And there are, there are merits and, and minuses to, to, to both angles. Um, I think from a Browns perspective, it's nice that they have multiple options that they can attack, you know, and, and as much as, you know, you say you prefer Cousins, and that's totally understandable, if they went with Smith and then a guy at one, well, now your quarterback room is, it's better than this year. I mean, and if somebody gets hurt, at least you know it's taken care of for a year or two and you've taken two shots. So there are, like I said, there are merits to both ways. Yeah, I think if you go into next year with one of those two, you feel really, really good about quarterback for the first time in guys a long time. Right. Um, and that's a win. I mean, I do think that there's, 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 there's certainly an angle you can take to not take a quarterback if you get either one of those guys. But there's, there's, there's certainly, if they get Alex Smith, they would be very wise to invest in a quarterback, whether that's at one, four, or a trade in the middle somewhere. They should probably invest. I think Kirk's window's still big enough to where you could play five to seven more years at a really good level and you don't need to, to commit to that. But if you can go into next year with one of those two, you feel like you certainly have upgraded your chances to win football games, and then you still have the opportunity if you get Alex to get a quarterback. So they're in a good spot, and that's why this situation worked out. If they can sign Kirk Cousins, it, it opens up a, a window of, 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 of loading up on talent that, I mean, it, we'll get into it, but – it gets us to our wide receiver, but it just gives us the possibility that it would change the franchise. I firmly believe that. And uh, Steve, I want you to go ahead and give the details here. Obviously, you know, we've mentioned, uh, you know, Alvin, uh, you know, Alan Robinson came in this. I think this shoe would drop before you would get Kirk to commit because I think Kirk would then look at it and say, wow, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on here. And, you know, all of a sudden, hey, maybe I'd be interested in Cleveland too. Uh, all right. Let me hear some numbers because maybe I'm really interested in Cleveland. Sure, yeah, because uh, anybody who's listened to the last uh, two knows we've sort of laughed at it that Allen Robinson never made it to free agency and we didn't even have a chance to sh take a shot. <laughs> well, this time he did, and uh, we decided to go out on a limb uh, and offer him a big contract because uh, to get him to leave, it, and this is you know assuming they don't tag him, it's going to take a big number. Now, there's no way to do this on fan speak, but... We, the discussion that the three of us had, and you guys will back me up, was because he's coming off of the ACL, even though he's still a young guy, and I'm sure he's going to say he's completely healthy, there would be protection in it 
um, uh, for the team. There would be some sort of injury clause and, and performance incentives and all that kind of stuff. But the total number we ended up offering him was $14 million a year for five years, and he accepted it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a great deal. I think Allen can play uh, split or flanker. I, I know that we we typically want to book in him and Josh Gordon outside, but I I think Josh Gordon's really deadly in the slot too. So, mm. I mean, you're you're talking just uh, best case scenario. Everybody comes back. There's no re- there's no reason to think they won't at this point. So, if you can you can have those three as your top three and draft another guy or two, fellas, you're really looking at something here because. Um, you know the, the 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 picture of what Allen Robinson can be when he's healthy is is pretty good, and he can be a number one. And if you have two guys who are number ones, you got a you got a chance to be really dynamic. And when you add Kirk Cousins to it, you're looking at a, a completely different offense. And now with Corey Coleman, obviously he has a lot of experience from his days at Baylor. There's just it, it makes it. And you know if Ryan comes as the offense coordinator, that's fantastic. There's just so much you can do here. But the thing is, it gives your skill positions, it's almost like a batting order now. You've got yep. tight ends that you can call plays for. You've yep. got two Johnson. Obviously, we're going to address the running back position. Now you've got three wide receivers. You know, Corey Coleman hasn't shown it yet, but, you know, what he showed at Baylor, his capability is of catching 70 balls a year. It's It just it gives a lot of meat to it, and, you know, it's going to be a lot, lot more difficult to defend this offense. Yeah, and I think it's like you were saying, Jake, about how uh, you think Allen Robinson can play both spots and uh, uh, Josh can play both spots and Corey has slot experience. It's like it's sort of like we talk about when whenever we talk about Minka, he's like a Swiss Army knife guy back there that gives you a lot of options to with your personnel and your blitz packages because he can do so many different things and disguise it. It's sort of that same concept in that. You could take Josh and line him up in the slot for this one play, and Allen's more than capable of, of, of you know, handling the outside. And you can mix and match so they never know. Not only do you have all of the options in the batting order, like Jeff said, they never know where they're coming from. Um, and with a guy like Kirk, who can deliver the ball to them, you're cooking with gas in a hurry here. Yeah, and I just think matchups, man. I think, you know, if you get the NFL is becoming more and more man-to-man athlete on athlete and right. pass coverage and. If you can get Duke Johnson one-on-one with linebackers, if you can get Josh Gordon on an inside against a nickel, or even if someone's tracking him specifically, that's opening up a A Rob outside one-on-one right. or Corey. Cole. I mean, you're just you're talking about one-on-one matchups that you can win all over the field. It turns into a pick-your-poison. Teams won't be able to blitz like they want to blitz, and it'll it'll look different. That's why you know I, I get everybody hates Hugh, and and I'm I'm an anti-Hugh guy too. I mean, I'm on that bandwagon. But like I said, I break down those games every Monday, and there are times, guys, when there are people open. So, and and they just don't have a guy that can get them the football the way that they need them to get them the football. So, I think that there's a there's certainly an angle here that things could seriously improve uh, in terms of, of of moving the ball at the right the right distribution level as an offense. Now, Hugh doesn't seem to want to be the guy calling plays, and maybe that's that's wise. That'll that'll help things here, but. You know, the more playmakers you get on in an offense, and you and you get a quarterback like Kirk, who's going to be a massive upgrade over Deshaun, it's going to look like night and day different from the year before. Uh, it, absolutely. I mean, what you want to do is when you have this much capital, and this is what we've been saying, is add to it. Because look, the product that you have, yes, it was 0-16, but a lot of us feel and understand it wasn't an 0-16 product. Right. It ended up as an 0-16 product. product. But now you but, just add a whole bunch of toys to it. Good lord. Um, we were able to bag 
and the defensive side of the ball worked out really well as well. Uh, Steven, I guess go ahead here and uh, you know get us started. Uh, we were, you know, obviously we know we need some cornerback help. There would be no other reason for our defensive coordinator to be playing guys 9, 10, 11 cornerbacks 10 yards off the line of scrimmage than he didn't have faith in him. But a guy it has been a long road for him to get to be productive, you know, snag somebody from the Bears. But go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, well, the next one uh, where we all seem to agree that it makes perfect sense for them to be really aggressive in free agency is the cornerback market. And uh, with the Bears' new uh, head coach uh, coming in, there were reports coming out that uh, they may, they're going to redouble their efforts to keep Kyle Fuller. But in this particular uh, simulation on Fanspeak, he was available. So uh, we threw a bunch of money at him, um, which I think it's probably going to be less than he ends up getting if they're that hot after him. But we got him That's for $8 million a year for five years. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, there are other names that were there when you sent over the list. Uh, Malcolm Butler and Tremaine Johnson were available. So, uh, But I, I like Fuller, man. He came on this year. He came on the second half of the year. We caught him live there at the end of the year, and he really, he really was in Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman's hip pocket running with him really well. I think he's a great value play. I think he's a guy who's getting comfortable in the league, who will only help in, in, a, in a man team, uh, a man, a guy, a guy like Greg Williams who loves to play man-to-man defense. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think it, it also leaves a, a little wiggle room in the draft to draft somebody, too. Um, and, and, you know, it only adds to the depth, I think, that is out there. It, it yeah, was just Go ahead. It was just it was it was an easy selection. Uh, you know, Tremaine Johnson. You know, and look, maybe the money Fuller got here is probably it could be more than that, which is understandable. Right. Uh, Tremaine Johnson is probably going to command more, but when you're looking at it, and if you're going to spend money, you know, you know, do you want to spend that on a guy who looks like and played like a CB one? And you know, Fuller, everything fell in line for him this year, where he looked and played like a CB one. So that's a guy yeah. you go chase down. And I. And I think that the, a big thing will be I don't really necessarily care which guy or two Greg gets. I just want him to be comfortable playing them at a decent level. Like right. get them up into people's face and have them play. I, I just like I don't. And this is the overall arching feel for me for the entire. I, just get who you believe in. If that's Kyle Fuller or if that's Tremaine Johnson at the price tag, get who you believe in so that there are no excuses about well we're playing our corners ten yards off because you could see the personnel. I don't want to hear that anymore. Get who you can get and get. Give your give your pass rush guys, Agba, you know, um, and Miles Garrett. Give them a chance to get after the quarterback and stop playing, you know, the the, the most simple, beatable pass coverages that you can find, where you got your corners playing as depth that is ridiculous and just you know lends to a death by a thousand cuts. So get get your guy, get your guy or two back there who gives you comfortability in playing the way you claim to want to play. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, as a fan, be watching on Sunday. And if it's third and less than five, know before the snap that some guy's going to take three steps, turn around and be wide open for a four-yard hitch and then two yards before you know they can make contact with him. It's just a, if they make the throw, it's a guaranteed conversion on anything less than third and five, and I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, that, that's why I just said Kyle Fuller because I feel like he played really sound man-to-man defense this year. Whoever that is for Greg and those right. guys, they got a good group in the front office now that knows – what you know to match up what these guys are looking for, just find their guy and, and, and go with it. And when you look at the Fuller family, I mean, you're talking four guys who played in the NFL. I mean, these guys have been going one on one since what they were like three. So, I mean, you know, you know what you're getting <laughs> with a guy like that, and you know, that's a guy you want. And you know, Steven, you, you do this every day, and there's some times where I look at it, and the first thing I come at you with is, Well, who's gonna rush the passer? Right? Well, it, this one fell in, a, this one fell in, uh, you know, obviously one year, one year here with the Jets. 
Um, and the thing I love most, you know, before you say about him is even if he doesn't get home, he's got the ability to get the hands in the air. So that's what you need. Look, I don't need sacks, but I need you to be disruptive. And batting passes down is disruptive. Coney Ely, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. That the edge was the next spot that uh, we decided to go after uh, in free agency, and we looked at the names. And uh, if you look at the potentially available edges, there are some some players out there, but there's no headliners. There's no, you know, I, I don't Miles Garrett type guys that are out there, but they're all contributors. And so it's kind of a you know, what's your favorite flavor? And so we decided to throw uh, $6 million a year at uh, Coney Ely, and he accepted our offer. And I think just like Jeff said, he's not, he's not a guy you're bringing in like if you had signed Peppers in his prime and you want 13 sacks out of him. You know, he's a guy that if he gets five sacks, that's great. But if he also gets a bunch of hurries and, and uh, at least allows Miles Garrett on the other side – uh, to, to work against one-on-one most of the time, then he's doing his job. That's exactly what you bring him in for. Yep, I'm with it. Get your guy up front who can add to the pass rush depth. I think he, you can't have it like this year where you brought in when, you know, when Ogba and Garrett went off the field or you know those two, their injuries, they didn't allow those two to be on the field together all that much. But you don't want your second unit to drop off. I love Nate Orchard. I love, uh, I love what Carl Nassib can bring, but, but it's not good enough. It's just not good enough in that second unit or guys that rotated into that first unit. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to more than one Coney Ealy's in this group, but I, I'm, I'm good with it. I, I think you just have to add to that depth up front, and you have the money to do so, um, and, and it's just it's a good signing. Well, and the thing is, is now, I mean, you have such a deep rotation, and maybe they did the wrong thing with, you know, okay, we'll take the first unit out for a couple of plays. Maybe let's go a little bit more individual subbing. You know what, Miles Garrett? Yes. You know what, sit for these three, four plays. You know what? Go back in. Agba out. Ely goes to the other side. And then you get into the nickel and dime. Where Look, you can kick Agba inside. You can kick Garrett inside. You know, Ely's got the length. You can kick him inside. You got Ogunjobi. You got Brantley who can just say, look, if you don't get a rush, just stand as tall as you possibly can. You know, yep. that, that, That's where you know, you're going to succeed. And look, that's what happens when you have a hundred plus million in cap space, you can add people <laughs> of this caliber. You truly can. You know, yeah, I know it sounds a little crazy, but you can. Yeah, they, they certainly can. And even I, I think we had addressed it in our conversation that, you know, I was like, well, should we pump the brakes a little bit on spending? And then I got to thinking, you had Kirk at 28. You had, um, you know, a couple other guys, Allen Robinson at, at, at thir- you know, 14 or so, and Kyle Fuller at. 10 or so you're still only spending around 60 million of that exactly <laughs> and they're really the only big name guys you have to sign back like i said they have eight players that have been long-term players meaning just two years ago they're on the team so the guys you have to worry about their next contract are danny shelton and duke johnson and those guys aren't going to command ridiculous money so this is this this might be an off season where we see the browns spend and they should really do it yes spend a ridiculous amount of money and not not bury their future but but spend $60 million, $70 million, and still have $30 million plus to worry about retaining guys because you don't have to – I mean, they're going to draft 10 guys plus in this draft. They have two big drafts before. I mean, how many guys are going to make it from the 16 and 17 draft? They're going to be on rookie contracts. They're not going to get to their second contract for a while. And how many of those guys are going to be second contract guys? Maybe eight to ten in total. So, you know, and I'm talking big second contracts. So – it, it, it's a window here to really spend, and, and you can even just in really spending 60 or 70 million, you're still going to have enough money to get the guys you want on their second contract in the coming years. I mean, 
it, the, the future, if you lay this out, and that's why I, I keep kind of working myself toward Kirk Cousins, but if you put the map out in front of him, it's not, it's, it's, not, it's not crazy to look at it and go, this is a really good situation. you got to think, why are Alonzo Highsmith, why, are, why is Elliot Wolf? why are they coming here? What, what, what is the draw? <clears throat> Saki set up what is, I mean, 1-31 is terrible, and, and I question any plan that, that gives you 1-31. It's just insufferable. But there's a, a treasure chest of things that are going on here. In this Absolutely. That you can really hit home runs with, and you can be a hero. So this this plan is is and the assets that they have are really really intriguing, and I think that's why you're seeing big names jump on like they're jumping on. And then there's Absolutely. also, and then there's Joe Thomas's money eventually coming off, Jamie Collins' money eventually coming off. Some of these guys, you know, and Agba and Garrett, looking at you know Zeitler, and you know obviously you know, the Treader, that money's going to come off. So, you know, there is money that's going to come off in the next three, two, three, four years that's going to open it back up. And not to mention that the cap every year, you're talking, what, eight to ten million each year it rises. So, you know, it's conceivable and it's doable. Right. Yeah. And with the way the cap rules are now and people are so adept at uh, they're way more adept at manipulating it than they were even five years ago, let alone 10, 12 years ago. With this, especially with this much room, they have the opportunity to front load a lot of this stuff. And so exactly. then in a, few, in a few years when, I mean, let's say they have a monster draft class and they all are big second contract guys, like you were saying, Jake, let's say more than you expect are, if you front load these guys you're hammering cash at now, you're going to have you know a bunch of cash available in three years to, to give those yeah. guys what they work. So if they do it correctly, I mean, we, you know, we, the three of us said all year, there's a golden opportunity laid out in front of them. It's just the, you know, the, the Hugh and the Jimmy factor. I mean, how do you, how do you look past it? I don't know. Yeah. But on you, you paper, just, you just there's a, yeah. a lot. Yeah. You just have to hope. I mean, there's nothing else we can do. We can, we can right. be afraid all we want. We just have to hope that Jimmy is now brought in some people that he can stay out of the way of here. There's a power structure there that runs through Dorsey that, that is, that is just, it's a group of guys and, and you mix in Andrew Barry and, 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 and Paul DePodesta that, that balances a really good front office. And, you know, it's not, it's just, it's not as crazy as we think it is to think that this is a pretty good situation for them to be in. And, uh, you know, that, that could really spring, spring launch a, a pretty good dynasty going forward. Now I use the word dynasty loosely, but when, when you look at it, I would so much rather, and we worry about, I, I, I think to myself, I worry about, you know, how much they spend. I would love to be in Kansas City situation for once, where we're actually worried about having guys <laughs> that push us over the cap. Right. I would love to be that. I, we're always the team that goes into we got a hundred million in salary. Let's spend money. Let's get good players in here, and we'll worry about that when we're winning. So, you know, the the the, the chances there, the right names are jumping on board. Um, it's given me a little bit of hope. I'm still waiting on Sean Ryan on what happened with that today. So. You know, there's there's some good stuff going on here. We'll get to the draft and we'll knock it out of the park and show these guys it's pretty easy. Well, that's the thing. I, I, you sit and you look at you know all of the and you know I don't I don't have the expertise to judge these guys um, in the front office, but everyone seems to think these are all you know great hires. And like you said, it's a bunch of really strong minds coming on board. So in my head and my thinking, I'm thinking to myself, oh, has Jimmy finally learned his lesson? 
Has he finally said, you know what, I'm not good at this, apparently. I'm going to step back and let you guys do your job, and I'm just going to be the guy that writes the check. Is he finally going to do that? And then I tell my, the Cleveland in me <laughs> comes out, and I say, don't get sucked in, don't get sucked in, don't get sucked in. So it's all right there, but I'm still firmly in, in I'll believe it when I see it mode. Show me Ws. That, yes. that's, that's the only way to get past this. Yeah, I need to take back the word dynasty. I shouldn't have said that. That came out. Dude, three, five, and 11s in a row is a dynasty on the North Shore. Right? <laughs> no, no kidding. It's a matter of perspective in life. But no, I think that they just have a chance to actually accomplish a, a realistic goal of winning, setting up themselves to win for a long time. Now, we, the, the, this is a completely different podcast, the merit of whether what they did was worth it to get there. Um, we'll see. They just, they got a really good chance. I hope that they can align their minds to, uh, to make good use of what is going to be a really, really big off season. Right. Yeah. And as now Steven gets the fan speak the draft portion set up, look, you know, let Jimmy walk the parking lots where people don't want to punch him in the face. Let him walk the parking lots where, Hey, it's game day. We want to get some, we're going to, we got to get a W today. Right. But, uh, guys locked on draft, uh, uh, locked on draft. John Ledyard, uh, Trevor Schema, they do a fantastic job. Uh, Trevor will be down for the Shrine game in Tampa. Both will be down in uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Guys, uh, you know, get on the show. They're going to do some great stuff from both those all-star games. It should be in your rotation. John, Trevor, both good friends of mine. It's something you guys truly you know, need to go ahead and check on out. Steven, we're going to let you uh, get us started there. But, you know, you know, like we were saying, look, you can do this sort of damage with the free agent class. And, you know, I'm sure Pete Smith, when he's going to hear this, he's going to get all over us. There's going to be able to way to manipulate the cap here. First things first, get the talent in the building. Worry about it later. You know, that's the thing of it. And, Jake, you know, like you were saying, you bring in the talent. You, you'll work it all out later. And, look, if you got to say goodbye to somebody because you have too many good players, ah, well, boo-hoo. You know? Yeah, we've <laughs> never had that in Cleveland. We've always worried about – it's like – I'm just sick of this time of year being the big time of year. I don't want that anymore. I want nope. them to spend, spend the money, worry about the cap if it becomes a problem. Like we said, I'd love to worry about the cap. Or I'd love to worry about, man, we, we don't have a first-round pick this year because we traded up to get this guy who killed it. That kind of sucks, but whatever. We, you know, we, won to the, we, we won a couple playoff games. That's what I want to have. Like, who cares anymore? Just get the talent, get it in the building, and figure it out later. Right, so now we're at the point um, where we're, we're going to go into the draft, and since we have Kirk Cousins, uh, I believe we, we sort of discussed it before, and we've come to the conclusion that we're not going to uh, take a quarterback at one. Now, for me, that means, especially in this draft, we're, we're trading out. There's nobody else, I think, that provides as much value as what trading out in a quarterback-heavy draft of the number one uh, pick could be, because... You know, maybe I'm greedy, maybe I'm Gordon Gecko, but if I'm giving up the number one overall pick in a draft with this many quarterbacks, you're going to give me a haul. You're going to give me multiple premium round picks for me to move down even four or five spots. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm not giving it, you know, moving out of one for a third and a fourth next year. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with it. I think that. I don't want to trade to 14 or 15. I, I no. want to trade. Um, I think we had talked about this before. I, I'm looking somewhere in that four through eight range, um, obviously eliminating our pick at four, but that five, so that five through eight range of, of teams that are looking to jump up, maybe Denver, 
somebody who's looking to jump up to get their guy above uh, above New York. I'd imagine if this becomes a realistic possibility, New York will entertain the idea of coming up to get their guy as a fear of not getting who they want it to now that we're there. So, you know, um, I, I just I'm with you. I would not, I would not be opposed to trading out of one. I don't want to trade too far back because you still want to get one of those premium players, um, whoever that premium player is you target. Uh, I think you can. It, it, the reason I think you can is because there are going to be so many quarterback-desperate teams at the top of this draft. Yep. So, um, it would be a home run, guys. I mean, if you can sign Kirk Cousins, feel really good about your quarterback position, and trade out, get a first round this year, a first round next year, a second round this year, so get a you know a one, a two, um, and then next year is one and two. I mean, that would that would be. I mean, come on, what what, what that would be fantastic. So I would not be opposed to trading out. I certainly wouldn't want to go below six, seven, or eight. No, I agree with you there. You want to stay top eight. And I'll be honest with you, you know, just, you know, going down to, you know, whether it's, you know, five, six, seven, eight, that's fine. And even if the picks, you know, you know, of the second round variety, you know, are 19 picks, that's okay. Keep stockpiling. You have the extra capital. It gives you maneuver, you know, maneuverability to do whatever you need to do because you've still got two top 10 picks. You've still got three second round picks. You've got the top pick of the third round pick. But, you know, with what you've done here, free agency, now you're getting to the point where, look, uh, I'm only drafting starters, you know, and then day three, I'll add depth. And, you know, you look, you know, offensive line, you know, maybe you're looking to draft a future left tackle. That's fine. Defensive line with the Ely addition, I don't know how much you're looking to add there. You know, so you get into that point with these guys, you're going to go bang out some starters. Then it's depth guys, maybe depth day three. And with the scenario we've laid out, I don't know if you're even, you know, making 12 selections in this draft. You might mm-hmm. not need to. No, yeah, you're right. The, I, the, uh, I would not go below. You guys are talking about top eight, and that's certainly, you know, uh, uh, fine. I, you know, but personally, I wouldn't go below the Jets um, because that seems to me to be the Denver and the Jets directly behind us at five and six behind the fourth pick. Um, quarterback needy. Um, and if we have taken Cousins away from Denver, now they're really quarterback needy because they think they're still in their window if they can get a quarterback. So I wouldn't go below those guys because then you can get not one but two of the top guys. Um, now, a perfect scenario would be trade down with the Giants at two, pick up some stuff, and then trade down again to, to Denver or the Jets or somebody like that, pick up even more stuff, and then you've got how many picks you know you've got the same amount of picks next year and the year after that premium picks and you still got a bunch this year i would not be averse to throwing in you know like jeff if you said if it's going to be a a, you know a first and second this year and a second next year and a first next year and maybe a third next year maybe you throw in a couple of our day three picks this year to soften the blow for them because yeah where are we gonna i mean i do these mocks and sometimes if i if i have a big free agency day by the time i get to the fifth round i'm looking around going who am I supposed to? I can't pick another cornerback. I have seven. Exactly. <laughs> you get to the point yeah. where you're like, I can't pick any more guys. There's no more room in this phone booth. So, you know, you're going to have to move some of those into future assets next year, even if it's, you know, day three assets next year. It doesn't matter. But my thing would be, and let's not go for the gold. Let's not, let's not try and do the double move down here. But my thing would be no lower than the Jets, a minimum of one future first. Uh, probably an, uh, at least a future second plus the second today. That would be what I would be going after here. Let's yeah. go. Go to six. Yeah. Pull the trigger. Let's go to six. All right. 
Here we go. We're going to propose a trade to the Jets. Because it's going to be great when they draft Josh Rosen and then everybody in the Jets lore who doesn't realize sees Josh Rosen wearing a F Trump hat while playing golf, knowing that Woody Johnson <laughs> is now in England right now working for Donald Trump. Okay, the Jets have, obviously, we're going to take pick six from them. They have two seconds, actually. Uh, yes, they, they have do. pick five, and then they have pick 17. Do we Seattle ask for thing. five? Oh, absolutely. We ask for the earlier one and a, and a future one. That's what we're asking for then. Oh, I want their one, and I want their three next year, too. They're, one yeah, they're, com- three. they're coming up five picks, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, I'm going as much as I can get from them. Okay. Do we want to throw in some day three picks here to sweeten the pot? No. No? Nope. All right. So we are offering 1.1 for 1.6, 2.5, a future one, and a future three. They have declined. Well, Jake's a little greedy. <laughs> turn, uh, turn, turn, the se- turn the three into a day three pick, and then I think you got it done. Uh, let's see, a future five. They have declined. All the right, Jets me, don't want to win. Let me see. <laughs> let's throw in... Um, let's throw in our, our first five from this year and our seven and see what happens. Declined again. They don't want to do it. All right. Go to the next team. What's next? Uh, we want to try for Denver at five. Yeah. Do it up. All right. Denver at five. Josh Allen goes one. (laughs) Two pick eight, a future one and a future three. Nope, nobody wants to trade. This is crazy. Take away the three and make it a day three pick. All right, let me see. Let John Elway pick his quarterback. Declined. Well, we're going to live in a hypothetical world where I know that has to come true to make it done. So just take away the extra pick and just take we'll take one next year knowing you would actually take multiple picks. All right. If they decline nope. that again, then there's something funky with the system. Yeah, there's definitely something funky with the system here. Um, hang on a second. Let me see what I can do. Because there's no way that a team can come up to get their guy without giving up. Okay. Second and multiple. Got it. Good. What do you got? Okay, so we moved it. Ah, crap. It went away from the screen. Uh, we've got, we moved from one to five. We got the eighth pick in the second round. And we got a future one and a future three. So we in the second round have the first, third, and eighth pick in that round? And the 31st. (laughs) Fantastic. So we now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the top 65. And I don't think they would not make another pick. They would just start selling them off. You would have to, I mean, (laughs) after they make those, you would think, you know, they would start maybe packaging uh, uh, the later two and the three to move up and get even higher guys or maybe, maybe package 4.1 with some of the lower picks and move up to another third-round pick or something like that. But you're right. You'd start moving them into future assets at that point. Absolutely. All right. Get that All right. puppy so, rolling. It's almost like an expansion draft, fellas. It's kind of wild. Yeah, right. where everybody's available. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, here's who uh, – let me screenshot this. Uh, and this will highlight an issue – Okay, well, Stephen well, Stephen goes ahead and you know, does that, which will get us on the clock at four, and then obviously five. Uh, guys, locked on Eagles. Like I said, I'm going to help uh, be, be good here, promote all the four, uh, you know, rest of the playoff teams available. Locked on Eagles, Michael Kiss, Benjamin Solik. They do a great job there. 
guys, they're, uh, you know, a lot of written work from them. They do a great job with their pod. Uh, go ahead and check them out. Uh, I know it's not the way Eagles fans wanted it. It's a tough sell because Carson Wentz, a guy I was not a huge fan on, phenomenal year. Obviously, now the season's in the hand of Nick Foles, and I don't think Atlanta was the matchup they wanted. But it is what it is. Uh, I think it hurts Philly from the fact that it's probably going to be somewhere in the 40s for that game on Saturday. I think Philly fans and the fan base was hoping it would be more closer, obviously, than the teens to slow down. Obviously, the Dome team, you know, in the speed with Atlanta. But check out Locked On Eagles with Benjamin Solik, Michael Kiss. The guys do a great job over there. Uh, great, consistent work. So go ahead and check them out before Saturday's game. All right. Um, well, this this highlights one of the slight issues. The, the folks at Fanspeak do such fine work, and I hate to point out um, when things in the algorithm are a little wonky, but it's virtually impossible to put a mathematical equation into what teams would actually do uh, because we traded. Them. <laughs> obviously, it, obviously if Denver would be trading up to one, they're, they're going to take a quarterback, but in the simulation, they took Barkley uh, and then Sam Darnold went two, and the Colts took Minka Fitzpatrick, which again, I don't see that happening. Uh, so the two guys that we sort of counted on still being there and in all likelihood would still be there uh, in real life uh, at for us at four and five are now gone. I tell you what, I, I have a fun scenario to play here. And I, I think Jake's with me. Uh, the seventh player on the board here right now, the ninth player on the board, I would absolutely hammer out at four and five and I'd be okay with it. Seventh player on the board is uh, Roquan Smith from Georgia, for those listening. And uh, the ninth player on the board is Darius Geis from LSU. Yeah, I'm just pulling this up. Um, yeah, Denver, Elway's getting fired. So is whoever they got. <laughs> I don't know. Can, can he fire himself? But, I mean, look, you, you're not trading up for Saquon Barkley. I mean, look, no, obviously, exactly. you know, sometimes yeah. these things happen. And, look, I understand. And, you know, I, you know, I've had Matt on the show. I know how highly Matt thinks of Saquon Barkley. So this could just be a case of where you know the sim went based on top player on the board. Absolutely. And look, there's some guys who have Saquon Barkley as a top player on the board. Yeah, I'm with it. I mean, it's entirely possible he's gone to the Colts. I mean, they could take. I mean, he could be. He could be gone. That's not crazy. I don't think Mink is gone, but that's um, you know, it, it, it could. Hey, it could happen. Um, I'll tell you who my eye catches with these two picks. Um, I look at Bradley Chubb, and I know that that's going to cause – we can debate this a little bit. There, there are three guys that I think are just elite in this group. I think that numbers five, six, and seven are elite, elite players. I think Quentin Nelson is, a, is, a, is an animal. We don't need a guard, so he's out, but he's elite. And I think Bradley Chubb and I think Roquan Smith are really, really good football players that are right there. Um, now, does does it make sense for the Browns to draft two more defensive players um, with these two picks? I don't know necessarily. The free agency plan does kind of alter it a little bit, um, and you still have the ability to jump back into the first round with your plethora of picks later to grab, you know, somebody else, a Calvin Ridley. Um, I don't think they'll want Calvin Ridley, but to get up to get their running back in the in the fifteen to twenty range, uh, or even into the twenty five range, where I know, uh, you know, all three of us really love Sony Michelle. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't be crazy to take a Bradley Chubb and Roquan Smith right here. I love Roquan Smith. I know everybody seems to be jumping on his bandwagon as they should. That guy's sideline to sideline, uh, defensive leader in the same mold as Minka. So, um, and, and I love Darius Geis, too. I mean, 
it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be bad. <laughs> um, but but my my stomach tells me Bradley Chubb and Roquan Smith would just be would just be phenomenal right there. There's there's really no way we can go wrong with these two picks, even if you wanted to jump down a little bit and go with your top corner. You know, it's not that much of a reach yeah, to go yeah, with no, with a Josh Jackson or a Denzel Ward or even an Isaiah Oliver. But to be, I mean, if we want to be perfectly frank, if if this is by some fluke of nature how it fell, I'm trading down again from four because you still got Rosen and Mayfield on the board and the Jets are still sitting there and you could get another massive haul. Um, but I think we need to sort of at least remotely stay grounded in reality here. And since I think we signed Roquan. I think we got to take Roquan. The other one is up for debate. I don't, since we signed Ely, I don't, and the, and this is a fairly yeah, that makes, edge that makes class. That makes the Chubb selection difficult. Yeah. Uh, so then we could go with, like I said, one of the, uh, one of the corners, or you could even make a case. The eighth player on this particular board is Connor Williams. Now the, you know, because he's coming off the injury year, the evals on him are sort of all over the place right now. But if this is where he ends up, Joe is, even if he comes back, he's coming off an injury and he's in his mid-30s. You need to start looking for that guy. And if it somehow fell this way, you can make a case for taking Connor Williams at this point, too. I would just, yeah. say, because, I would just say because it's mid-January and you know, we haven't gotten to the point where, you know, we absolutely know, you know, height, arm length, oh, absolutely. hand size. So, you know, this year, you know, I, I'm all for a left tackle of the future, but you, it's early January. We don't have what we need to finalize it. And, look, there's people I talk to that says Connor Williams is going to measure like a guard. So that does get pause and give me a little concern here. Me right now, you know, and the thing about Roquan Smith is, you know, Jake, obviously you're a little bit younger here. I watch Roquan Smith play, and I see Ray Lewis at University of Miami. He's a beast. Fast, fast, sideline to sideline. Hits, you know, maybe a tad bit undersized, which Ray Lewis looked like before, you know, maybe the vitamins in the NFL you know, got him a little bit thicker. Well, that was, but that was deer antler spray. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, Roquan Smith, you know, he hits like a guy who people, people keep telling him he's a little bit smaller than others. You know, Roquan Smith, absolutely, you know, you, you draft him, you throw a C on his chest, and let's go rock and roll. I, my vote, if we're voting, uh, my vote would be at this point for Roquan Smith and then whoever you guys think is the best of the three corners. That would be who I would take here. All right, well, let's go ahead. I'm agree let's, put Roquan in. Let's, put Ro- let's put Roquan in here at four, and then obviously back to back. We're on the clock at five. Yep. Um, so I'm not going to resend you the board because the only thing that's changed is we took Roquan. Absolutely. So <laughs> you can see it. But, yeah, uh, right now. And the other thing, though, is, is this isn't so much about value now because you know, right. we've set ourselves up for the future. We've set ourselves up for the present. Now it's just, you know, look, you know, you're allowed to have what you want. What two do you want? So it's on a question here. Um, I, I can't lie. I, I think Josh Jackson, with the progression he's shown from Iowa, and you just got to think that's going to continue to escalate. Um, he's not going to walk in day one, and you're going to ask him to be a starter. I think I'd go Josh Jackson here on the length, the ability, and obviously a guy who can cause turnovers, which is something this franchise drastically needs. Yeah, I'm with it. I think that it probably is going to come down to Denzel or Josh Jackson. We'll need to see how they how they do in testing and all those things. But um, Josh Jackson has a little bit more of a, a knack for finding the football. Uh, I have no, I mean, I have no problem with. It. I think 
it'd be an interesting value to have Josh Jackson at fifth. I do think that we'll probably see something along the lines of them taking taking Barkley and Roquan if they run into this kind of situation. So I'm going to kind of ignore the value. Um, but, I'll, yeah, I'm with it. I think you take a corner. I have no problem with Josh Jackson. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Jackson. Uh, but as we let the simulator roll, I'm just going to say if this discussion came about, I would have been happy with Jackson, Denzel Ward, or even Isaiah Oliver. I know most people have Oliver uh, graded a little bit behind those two other guys, but I really, really like what I've seen from him. Um, so I, in my eyes, we couldn't have gone wrong with any of the three. Well, and a lot of people, you know, some guys I've talked to, you know, they are a little upset with, you know, the sleeper status that Isaiah Oliver has. They think he's actually going to test extremely well. And look, you know, as silly as the combine does seem to some people, you know, that, you know, the t-shirt and shorts Olympics, it matters. You know, there's, there's people who want to see times and there's people who get excited about times and when you're talking about a guy can just go do a workout for 45 minutes to an hour and jump himself up two rounds, it's legit. It happens. There's no doubt about it. Yep. All right. We are into the second round. Let me screenshot and send you guys the board. As we eagerly wait, you all know the name I'm looking for here. You guys know the name I'm looking for. All right. Okay. Put this in here for you. I would imagine he'll be there. I mean, Damian Harris will be back in Tuscaloosa, but yeah. Well, wow, you're going to be surprised. At, you're going to be that surprised at where Matt has uh, the guy you're talking about ranked, um, and we'll be able to take advantage of it here. I don't care. Take him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with it. Man. I, I, um, I love Matt to death, but if you have on Johnson over Sony Michelle. I love Matt. He's been always been really good to me, but that is not one I'm buying. I'll take a career over uh, Michelle over you know what Carryon Johnson has done. Wow, I mean, definitely a lot of interesting names here. Obviously, it's 33 and 35, baby, and 40, uh, 41. Don't forget, we picked up Denver's oh. picks. We have three picks in the next eight. Oh, good lord. So what I'm saying is, if you look, yeah. if this is your board, if 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 Sony, because uh, for those listening, Sony, we're at twenty, we're at thirty-two, and Sony Michelle is ranked fifty-first. So he's going to be there in three picks, and probably even in eight picks. So you could take advantage because up near the top, you still have Cortland Sutton, uh, Christian Kirk, you have Orlando Brown. You could have you got you know Harrison Phillips is still there. Um, Leighton Vander Esch, who would be off of our board now because we took Rokon. But there's a lot of people you could do, and then he's almost certainly still going to be there in three picks. So you could go since we've got the guys on the outside. I'd be happy with Christian Kirk and then Sony Michelle back to back here. Um, I, I, I mean, you could go Billy Price, who's still sitting there because you've got I think only two more years on. Uh, on um, Treader's contract, if, and that, that's just off the top of my head. And he's got positional versatility because he's played guard as well. I mean, you can go a myriad of ways here and here and still get Sony Michelle at the, either one of the next two picks. No, I'm, oh. I'm, take, for, I'm ahead, of the belief. Of, no, and I think the last time we did this, I was preaching for Sony too. I think you have to you have to get a running back right now because you, you you pretty much know that Crowell and the Browns aren't going to stay united. No, no. You need running back, so I want to get this guy that I feel really good about. Um, there are three running backs, like I said, I feel really great about, Geis Barkley and, and Sony, and uh, you can get Sony here. Um, the the, the choice I would like one of the two linemen, Billy or Orlando Brown. Um, I think Orlando Brown might be a little bit more of a pressing need at right tackle. I just 
I've slowly lost faith in, in Sean Coleman towards the end of the year in terms of in terms of uh, um, uh, what you can expect from him long term. So I'm not opposed to Orlando. I love Billy Price's leadership ability. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, this is tough. I, I would like Christian Kirk there, too. I think you probably go Sony, Christian Kirk, and then you, you figure out which one of those two linemen you want to take because those two linemen are pretty good. Yeah, the only reason I brought up uh, sort of waiting is because the way this has is set up, Billy Price and Orlando Brown are the two top linemen left on the board, uh, whereas there are a number of running backs and wide receivers. So this is where board and, um, you know, the mathematical combinations, do you take a chance that the running back is still there or do you take a chance that the tackle is still there? I, and I get it. I totally get it. And I'm okay either way. I just bring it up as a point of discussion. I would go Orlando Brown here. Um, a, it's a nice story for Cleveland. Obviously, everybody knows about his father and what it, you know happened. Obviously, I would go Orlando Brown here. I think we can get Sony in two picks, and that's going to get us you know a position to start talking about wide receivers. Okay, with obviously the uh, Denver pick. All right, we've got Orlando Brown. Two picks later, Sony Michelle's still there. He comes off the board. So our first four picks. Roquan, Roquan Smith, Josh, Josh Jackson, Jackson, Orlando, Orlando Brown, Brown, Sony Michelle. Oh, oh, good lord. This is like a Madden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. This is, this is fun. But when you have, yeah. when you get if yourself you in this position, it can happen. Yep. I mean, and even still, you look at it, we, you know, we took Roquan probably higher than he will go. Josh Jackson, we just probably, high, you know, but in, you know, maybe four or five picks. Josh Jackson a little higher. You know, Orlando Brown, that's probably in that sweet spot. Like I said, you know, with the offensive tackles, you know, a lot of it comes down to athleticism in the combine. Look, Sony Michelle, I, I, you know, 33 in a heartbeat. If I had to move up to steal him at 28, 29, I'd do it. Uh, you know, he's got the less mileage on the tires. You watch the national championship game. You watch the Rose Bowl game. You know, maybe I'm riding the Sony high, but I don't care. I'm going to ride it for right now. No, All right. no, there's. Go ahead. Keep. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going. Well, I, I sent you guys the board. Um, our two uh, wide receivers we were talking about are still there, uh, and I'm assuming that's what we're coming down to: uh, Cortland Sutton or Christian Kirk. I, I'm yeah. gonna go. I, I think I'm gonna go Kirk here personally, just because I want to. Got you know. I, I, I you know I'm looking for yak stuff. You know. You know. Obviously, Sutton brings that. Uh, it's it's, it's tough. tough. I also. Think it's a tough one. Gone. I think. I think Sutton's gone before this, so I, I don't think they'd have to face this decision. Right. Um, there, there, there's That's a lot to with Christian Kirk. They're, they're, Christian Kirk is really electric as both a punt returner and a guy who can play the slot, and 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 just he's, he's a burner. There's a lot to love with his game that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so I'm okay with Christian Kirk as both a realistic pick and um, you know the guy that if I had to choose, I wouldn't even hate it in general. So. Um, yeah, and I, if you I, remember, the, when, we did, did, when, when we did other shows and we, we mentioned Pettis, look, you're looking to strengthen your team all around. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to improve, you know, you, you want punt returnability. Yeah, you know, I almost I agree with you on the X and out of, you know, Cortland Sutton, pretend he's not here. Christian Kirk here. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could make a case for, you know, a Harrison Phillips or somebody like that, or even a Dallas Goder, you know, somebody like that. Um, DJ Moore is a little bit further down on this particular board. 
But I don't think you want to overthink it at this point, especially with what we did in free agency, because now you've got Allen Robinson. This is what we were talking about. you got Allen Robinson and uh, and Josh Gordon on either side. Now you've got Christian Kirk. He may be, you know, up against their fourth cornerback or a linebacker if you sneak him in. You know what I mean? So he can run wild in the middle of the field. Yeah, and he's competing with – I mean, Corey Coleman's got to still prove his worth in this league. So, you know, yep. you, you're getting to the point where you can have enough talent that that talent's competing to take – you know, playing time away from other guys. So, um, yeah, I would say run it. And then uh, we are, we're, are we up next again at the top of the third round? No, uh, we still, still have, have another second. second. <laughs> we still, still have another have second round. Second? Holy mackerel. I hope Kirk signs because this is just fun. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just fun to entertain the idea of having this many picks that you could, you could have quarterback solved, which has been a mystery forever, and then have – this many picks to play around with in the first two. It's kind of you know what it, this of, is almost like. Is you remember the old song? If I had a, you know, what was the old? Yeah, you know, this yeah is, if I had know, a million dollars, yep. It, this is if everything broke right, which it's possible. It really is. It's possible. So you play that scenario. Obviously, you know, you know, we've differed this. You know, you know, third time now. Next one will be different once we fight. You know, by the next time we do it, we'll have all the final declarations. So Stephen's going to go ahead and bring up this next thing, but. Look, I mean, and now that you have an established NFL front office who knows this game, who knows how to play it, it's not so much driven on analytics. Now you're combining the analytics with, like, look, we know how this process works. We know how to spin the wheel. We know how to play the game. It makes for some fun talk. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go fire up that. Uh, <laughs> I am actually going to send you guys a second picture here, just, and you'll know why uh, when you look at the board. Uh, just as a point of discussion. Okay, there we go. All right. Now yeah, because you want to target some safeties, yeah. Exactly. So we're at the bottom of the second round here, and again, we have basically back-to-back picks. I mean, there's one team in between us. Um, we've got, and, and so far we've picked up Roquan Smith, Josh Jackson, Orlando Brown, Sony Michelle, and Christian Kirk. Now, we could go a myriad of ways here. Uh, I like Nuosu uh, from USC. I like Josh Sweat. Uh, Jalen Holmes I like a lot. I'd really like Tyrell Crosby. Well, we've addressed those positions sometimes in duplicate. Um, so really we're at, and this, this seems impossible to say when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns, but we're at luxury picks here. We're, we're at, where do you want your backup to be a starter? I, I mean, that's literally where we're at here. I, we, we can't really go wrong with anybody on this particular board. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm looking at the list, trying to figure it out, and 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 we're still what 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 round and what pick are we on here? Two thirty one. This would be the Eagles' second round pick. Yeah. This is this is wild. Um, I mean, for those listening, I, obviously you can't see what we're looking at. The, the the positions of the the top 15, 20 guys on the board: interior defensive line, edge, linebacker, wide receiver, tackle, uh, linebacker, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, linebacker, three corners. I mean, where do we go? This is what I was talking about before. At a certain point with this much capital to spend, where the hell do you spend it? I'm with you. I think that I would probably lean um, going going with some sort of rusher, edge rush here. Uh, yes. Somebody specializes in the edge rush um, because I'm going to bring you off the bench. I want you to get after the quarterback on third down when maybe Agua's tired or something like that. Um, a third down rush specialist. Then I would lean with my next pick, looking at the safeties, probably Armani yep. Watts type. Um, but yeah, 
I, I and this group, man, it's tough not to love Josh Sweat. I, I'm not an expert on him yet. I'm looking at DNs right now. I've been tweeting out a lot about it, those guys. I haven't gotten to him. You know more about him than I do, Jeff. But man, his numbers in terms of what he's able to do as an athlete, get off the football, run. Uh, he's gonna run really well, test really well. He's he's super intriguing to me, man. Um, the thing with Josh Sweat, um, you know, it's gonna come down, and this is one thing that look, you know, you, Stephen, me, we're not gonna have the prevy. The medicals are gonna be key. You know, seriously right. injury as a senior in high school. No one's gonna know that except maybe the Matt Millers of the world and the Dane Bruglers. That's they're gonna get that type of information about what his medicals read. But also, Tony Pauline, you know, tweeted out today, and I know I retweeted it. He's going to have a ridiculous combine. He can get north, which is what you want from a pass rusher. The question is going to be, you know, how he's going to be able to move laterally, whether or not in different situations. But what we're looking for here is we're just looking to add another guy that we're just asking to get north and go get a quarterback. And when you could put out a defensive rotation of pass rushers that consist of Agba, Garrett, Ely, and Josh Sweat is you know, the fourth guy. He's the one that's got to buy the beers at every fourth hole if you're playing golf. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I can do with that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I've loved Sweat for a long time now. And like you said, the medicals are going to be the key for him. If those come back clean, I think he's actually probably going to go higher than this, especially uh, if he murders the combine, uh, like Tony Pauline said. Now, in real life, if we came to this situation and you're looking at a board like, oh, my God, what do we do? This is probably someplace where you'd move down and pick up uh, future assets. You move down six, eight, ten spots, you're still going to get a good guy, uh, and you're going to pick up you know, a third next year or a you know, fourth next year or something like that from somebody who has their guy still sitting there and they desperately want him. But in this particular scenario, I'm going to go Josh Sweat, and I'm going to sleep to sleep with the righteous. I, don't, I have no problem with Josh Sweat. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're making these picks now to the point of, my God, when does training camp start? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Now we're at the top of the third round. And like you said, Jake, I think we're going to go to that second picture that I sent you guys, because now you're getting specific here. Yes. Um, We have not addressed the safety uh, at this point. And there are three, depending on, you know, who you like, there are three guys that I think are intriguing. The top three safeties on the, on the board here at this point are Jordan Whitehead, uh, Kaiser White and Armani Watts. Now, if you're going basically based on the numbers, we're at pick 65, uh, and they're ranked in the 80s and early 90s. So, I, you know, it's a, a little bit of a reach. But when you're in the position that we're in, you can reach a little uh, to get your specific guy at a specific uh, uh, spot. So, I, I mean, which of those guys would you take, uh, Jake? Um, I, I lean toward Armani Watts right now. Um, I need to study. I don't like giving opinions on this too soon before I really studied. I haven't dug. Haven't dug into those guys like I would like to. The names that stick out to me, um, just based on some clips I've seen, um, Jordan Whitehead and Watts. Like I said, I, I'd, I'd like to watch more of Godwin in the I think he's got an interesting skill set. I actually find Damon Webb to be really interesting back there too, toward the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I would probably lean toward Watts. I, I don't disagree with Watts. Uh, I, you know what you see of uh, you know Kaiser White is you know. Assassin, you know, Carl Joseph-like. And this gets us in the position of we have Jabril Peppers. You have Kindred. Right. You know, we want to make some turnovers here. Um, I'd be okay with Whitehead. Um, but the thing with Whitehead is, is you know, some questions are going to have to be answered with the young man. Nobody knows why he was suspended from Pitt, so you kind of do want to know. 
Um, usually in this scenario, why he was suspended, it's usually weed. Um, we've had issues here with Cleveland with these guys. You know, we have Josh Gordon. So why don't we go with the guy? I hadn't heard about that. Huh? No, I hadn't heard about that. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the reason, but that is I know. Oh, well, obviously with Josh. But you know, usually when it's unannounced from a college, right? You're looking for you know, obviously there were no arrest reports, there were no police reports, uh, so maybe it was you know a it could be a third, fourth, fifth incident where Pitt finally said, "Dude, we got to sit you down." So you know that's makes White Watts attractive. You know, here was a guy who was so on the fence for coming out for the 16 draft. I'm sorry, the 17 draft. Still trying to get here, acclimated in January. He was very on the fence, ended up staying. I go on Marnie Watts here, and my God, I'd be ecstatic about it. And the hall here is just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I have no problem with any of that. I mean, uh, so I, I don't think we're going to discuss this. I don't think we need to. And I think we're done here. So uh, let, let's let this finish, and then uh, we'll go over the uh, the I total mean, hall. At- at this point, you could just, you know, day three, just, you know, you know, Dorsey and all these guys could leave their kids in the building, you know, could pull names out of a wooden shoe, you know, <laughs> while these guys are all celebrating on the 18th hole. You know, but you, it, it, it does seem unrealistic. I understand that. But it is within the realm of being real. This is yep. the capital that this team has with what you already have. And, you know, look, and we've said this guy's all this. Nobody cares that it's an always you know, we obviously it's aggravating that it was an 016 product, but it was not an 016 product. No, absolutely. And it sets you up on a day if it if you know if somehow it came down this way. On a day three, like you said, you could pick random players. You could take shots at, you know, guys who are coming off injury. Um, you could take small school uh, shots. Michael Joseph from Dubuque is a guy that I've, you know, discovered recently and a D three guy, and he's really Really impressive. Um, you can move them into the future years. I mean, Jimmy Johnson said a long time ago, I think it was Jimmy, it said somebody's always willing to give you next year's fifth for this year's sixth or something you know, along those lines. So you could have you know, 11 day three picks next year if you chose to do that. It sets you up where you can do what you want instead of scrambling. You're, you're in a golden position here. So for everybody listening, what we came out with of everything, um, where is the... I've lost the free agency. Okay. We came out of the entire thing um, of free agency in the first three rounds with Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson, Kyle Fuller, Coney Ely, Roquan Smith, Josh Jackson, Orlando Brown, Sony Michelle, Christian Kirk, Josh Sweat, Armani Watts, a first next year and a third next year. Yeah, this isn't healthy for my psyche. Like, this isn't healthy for me to think about. <laughs> <laughs> like, it actually makes me be sad that this is it's sad and happy all at once like because this could happen and it could be a totally different franchise next year i i don't know it, it's really cool to think about um if Kirk cousin signs it changes it really changes everything it changes um, the entire dyna- dynamic of the franchise yeah it absolutely does it opens up trade windows it opens up the ability to bring in top tier talent around him at the beginning of the draft yet get more draft picks on top I'm telling you what, man, the more I think about it, the more I think that Kirk wouldn't be that crazy to come here. And 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 even if they don't get him, they have such a wide abundance of picks and cap that, that they can make things happen with this group that, that yeah, I, I, I know we'll do a couple more of these things as we go along, but this group is by far our best. And it will be that this is a this is a roster that you could win 10 games with next year. And I would have no issue saying that. 
But this now, is the different, the different, the dynamic of you know spending a pick to bring in Alex Smith, or you know the difference of the dynamic of you know Kirk Cousins doesn't come here and you go quarterback at one. If you get Kirk, inter- Kirk interested and he does come here, my God, the the wealth of opportunity opens for you is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you look at this, what it's done here. You know, I think of the movie The Program. You know, put the wife and children to bed and let's go looking for effing dinner. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's qu- yeah. crazy. It, it's, I mean, we've been saying it for months that they could turn it around. Now, again, you've still got the, the, the people that have proven, uh, not proven that they can do anything but screw it all up that are in charge of this whole thing. Um, and, and we know which two guys we're talking about. But on paper, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. I mean, I know I went on a massive rant when they lost to Pittsburgh that day on Twitter. Anybody who followed me saw. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. Out- out of character level of anger from me. I normally don't tweet that angry, and I went off. Um, but on paper, I was thinking, it's I was all thinking, still right there. I was thinking of you as Clark Griswold throwing the Christmas rant <laughs> and shoving your cup in, getting more eggnog. It's good. It's good. It's good. And that's yeah. that's it's about good. the mindset I was in. It was yeah. totally out of character for me. But yeah, I mean, I think it was you and I, Jake. If they can sell Kirk. And, and, you know, whether or not you think Kirk is that guy, that's a whole different discussion, whether he's an average guy that's played above his head or if whether he's been held back by whatever. That's a whole different podcast. But just the fact of him being here that could attract a guy like an Allen Robinson and could attract a guy like a Kyle Fuller. Now you're you're really it could make a, a massive jump and you're playing against a fourth place uh, schedule next year as well. So, you know, I mean, it's not unrealistic to I mean. The things that we've done here, like you, I think you both have said, it seems unrealistic, but it's not. And I'm just going to echo that. If they can get that first hammer to fall, if they could get Kirk Cousins yep. to come here, I'm very dubious that it would happen. But if they could, you none of the rest of this is unrealistic at all. Think think about it, too. When Kirk gets his presentation made, you know, if he has a meeting with Cleveland, which we hope he will, it's different sitting down at a table with Sashi Brown and Andrew Barry and, and than it is sitting down with Elliot Wolf, John Dorsey, and and Alonzo Highsmith, along with Andrew. I mean, there, there's just names there. There are guys that you look at and go, you know, when you sit down with your agent and say, these guys have a pretty good plan, and these guys have won in, 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 in Green Bay, and they've done things here. Like, this is a competent group that you can sit in front of, and when you get presented this as a free agent with a plan, it's different when it's delivered from those types of people. You know what I mean? So it, it's – I'm cautiously optimistic. Again, we talked about it. The head coach hasn't changed, and the owner hasn't changed. Those are still, you know, the, the the ball and chain are dragging us down a little bit here. But there, there's just a lot of opportunity. There's a lot. The, the free agency with Kirk will, will, will tell us a lot. Um, you know, I don't I don't like getting my cart in front of the horse uh, concept here. But it just has the potential to really, really be a different franchise next year. Um, and, and, you know, that, this discussion of who to thank for that and whether it was worth it to go through these dog you know, dog crap years that we went through to get there, you know, it, it's worth it, but it, it's, it's fun to consider guys. That's all I'm saying. And well, let's, let's also talk about if, if, you know, they get Kirk and they have the big free agent hall and they trade out of one down to five. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Roquan Smith and Josh Jackson at all, but realistically the picks at four and five, if that were to happen are going to be Micah Fitzpatrick and probably Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. So, 
you know, I mean, it's even, I don't even want to say better because that makes it sound like I don't like the guys we picked, but it would be more popular. I mean, these, these are the bigger, more popular names that everybody knows. So, I mean, it, there's no way to go wrong, really, if this happens. No, and also you sit Kirk Cousins down and say, look, you don't even have to win the Super Bowl. You get no. this team <laughs> playing in an AFC championship game. You are now LeBron James level in Cleveland. Yeah, you get him in the Just playoff hunt on December fifteenth. You got it. You're you're hanging out with LeBron. I mean, th that's where it's at. And you know, so I mean, it's fun. And you know, obviously, you know, I mean, I know we're probably going to get hammered a little bit on this one that it's a fantasy land one, but it isn't that far of a stretch from reality. And like you said, if you can get that shoe to drop, a lot more is going to fall into place with it. Yeah, because I think I think if you take the name Cleveland, you can't do this. But if you take the name Cleveland Browns off of the presentation and you put it next to the presentations from a couple of these other franchises, it's not, I mean, it's not crazy. It's it's genuinely not crazy for Kirk to sit there and say, hey, uh, Team A looks better than Team B and C here in terms of the of the assets that they have, how they can build around me and the plan here. So it, it's, it's yes, it's, it's probably a 20%, that might even be too high, 20% chance Kirk Cousins signs. And the options, you know, are, are still okay if you don't get Kirk Cousins. And that's the, that's the beautiful situation that they're in here. Absolutely. I have nothing more to add. All right. Uh, Jake, let me know where they can find you at. Yeah, just uh, uh, waiting for next year. I've been doing some report cards lately on how the season has gone. Um, hint, hint, they have not gone very well. So waitingfornextyear.com, <laughs> and you can find me at, uh, at Jake Burns eight, uh, underscore 18. At, um, sorry, at Jake underscore Burns 18 uh, at Twitter uh, as well. If I could talk. Steven? It's getting late. Uh, you can follow me every day at Browns Mock Draft. I do uh, mock every single day, and you are more than welcome uh, to join the multitudes and millions that answer my mock every day and tell me that I'm stupid in flowerful and colorful language. I actually enjoy it. So at Browns Mock Draft, I'll love to see you over there. Well, I mean, you know, everybody likes expletives. Uh, guys, follow the Lockdown Browns <laughs> Twitter account. You guys have been fantastic, you know, letting me know what you want to hear. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, these are always fun episodes to do. We get the three of us together, you know, just chop it up. And you see the way this one broke? You know, it isn't far from reality, but even you, if you change the names, a serious haul can be had this offseason. Right. Cleveland, it's better than 0-16. And, you know, don't be surprised if it, it's, it looks a lot much better product come September. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you to Jake. Like they said, follow those guys. Guys, it's been a blast as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Let's go Browns.